What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Sideline Stories. Today, we are here with the co-founder and VP of content at Owner's Box, Sandy Plashkis. How are you doing today, Sandy? Great, Brennan. Thanks for having me on. Fired up to uh, dive deep on some Owner's Box stuff and just get on some chatting going. So excited to be here. Absolutely. We're going to definitely get into all of the Owner's Box content. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up and eventually playing football at Bates? Yeah, I mean, growing up and a lot of my inspiration from Owner's Box comes from my background. And, you know, I played sports my whole life from when I could barely walk, right? And, you know, football and baseball were always my two favorite sports. You know, played those through, uh, as, as a young kid through high school and then eventually chose to play football. Um, you know, I was never good to be a D1 player. My, uh, my, my roommates and I's slogan was D1 dreams, D3 reality. But I love the sport. I love sports so much, man. I love football. Uh, I just had to pursue it at school. And, you know, I learned a lot of life lessons from being a football player that I still carry with me today. And I think that's, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to get, you know, that, that experience at school, you know, playing football is having that team uh, environment and being able to compete every day. So I'd say that's definitely, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, I played at Bates. I, I saw it as a great education opportunity and also a great uh, place to play some football on the East Coast. Yep. And, and I know a lot of people that played at the NESCAC level, they loved it. And I do love that motto. I can personally relate to it because I played D3 volleyball at NYU. There you go. Um, and what, really quick, what is a highlight that comes to mind from your football career at Bates? I had, you know, my first year, I didn't start at Bates. Um, you know, came in, there was a senior in front of me, a fourth year. And my second year, I got the opportunity to start in one of my first games of the year. I had four touchdowns and 250 yards passing. And it was actually one of the, the better games I played in my career there. Funny enough, um, we did do a lot of running. I ran the ball a bunch. I had Bates, not as much as I did in high school, but um, I, I had a great experience. And that was definitely a great way to start my career. Um, you know, as only a second year playing with a bunch of older kids, I thought that was definitely something I hold close to my heart to this day. Sounds like an all-star performance. And kind of getting through some more quick questions. What is one highlight that comes to mind since starting owner's box. One highlight for me, um, you know, as I just said, I was, I was a quarterback at school and one of the biggest wins we've had at owner's box is um, we secured Drew Brees as an investor in our, in our seed two round. So he's actually a, a seed two investor with us and also a, a promoter for us. We does a lot of marketing with us during the NFL season. Um, we, we actually locked him down in 2021 and he's been with us, you know, for over a year now. Um, we are fired up a lot of big plans with him this year, but that's definitely when, when people ask me that question, that's got to be uh, top of the list. So I got to ask you, since Drew Brees is, is one of your investors, what is he doing in the fall? Because he said that he may return as an analyst. He say he may come back and play. I mean, if there's anyone who's going to have the inside info, it's you. So what do you think he's going to end up doing? I've had this question asked me for a few of my buddies, but, um, you know, I talked to his agent a good amount. I don't get, I have as much info as you do on the topic. He made the joke to me that he might go play pickleball. He might, you know, do some stuff, travel. Like he doesn't really know. Um, and I haven't heard anything since he put that tweet out. Um, his agent doesn't really, you know, give me too many details on that as I don't think he's even made his mind up yet. So that's where okay. I, uh, would leave if you that. had to, if you had to guess, what would you say though? Oh, I don't know. I think he's enjoying the time off with his family. I, he's traveling a ton right now from what I've heard. And I don't think, you know, after playing all those years in the NFL, getting beat up every year, I think he's enjoying his time off. Um, he's got a bunch of little kids as well um, who also play sports. So I'm sure he's quite occupied with them right now. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd say maybe taking a year off uh, and then maybe reevaluating the year after. Speaking of quarterbacks who will be playing, who do you have winning the Super Bowl for this upcoming NFL season? Oh, 
Yeah, you you know my you, I, if you know me, you know I'm a diehard Packers guy. I'm gonna die on this hill every year. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking my Green Bay Packers, even though we have issues with the wide receiver core, of course. Um, Aaron Rodgers MVP two years in a row. He's, I mean, he's just doing it right, man. I I can't go against my guy, and I think they have a real chance this year. The defense will be top in the league, so I'm excited for a good year. Hopefully, um, my disappointment at the end of the season will be much uh, less than last year against that 49ers team. Oh my God, still one of the worst days of my year going through that. So. Hopefully, uh, you know, hoping for a better year here. What was it? A blocked punt in the snow oh, with like blocked uh, punt, missed conversions on third down. Like there was just so many. Like they scored in the first drive of the game, the Packers, and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a blowout. Uh, as any fan would gets excited, but um, it was a close game all game, and then the blocked punt was just. I knew it. For, I knew it at that point. It was like just classic Packers form. Special teams let down, uh, just like years previous. So, and. Did you get a chance to see Aaron Rodgers' new tattoo? Boy, did I. Um, this guy, man, he's an interesting cat. I got to say, he's an interesting guy. He's going in like that spiritual mindset now. He's doing all the meditating and stuff, which I have no problem with. But that tattoo, he's got some obvious, obvious meaning behind it. I don't know what that like what that guy's up to, you know, off the field. I'm a, I'm a big believer in what he can do on the field, but yeah. yeah, he's getting he's been getting some heat the last few years for Definitely. you know people saying he doesn't care about you know football anymore or stuff like that. So mm. all I got to say is back to back MVP. I think he'll show up this year, but definitely uh, interesting tattoo. I'll say I'll say that. Absolutely. And before we move on, I just wanted to ask you, who do you think the Packers are going to beat in the Super Bowl? So who's coming out of the AFC? <sighs> Man uh buffalo bills i i can't i can't go against those guys this year the chiefs obviously lost tyreek there's you know been some shakeup in the afc i know that uh the afc west division is gonna be exciting to watch this year who comes out of that um you know with with all those good teams but um you know i definitely think uh the the broncos will be interesting to watch too i just i just don't see anyone but the but the bills getting there this year i think this is their year talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today yeah. So obviously there's been in anyone's life and career path, there's been a lot of influences, but you know, one thing I was, you know, fortunate to grow up around is this entrepreneurial environment. So I think there's, you know, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My dad's an entrepreneur started four businesses and being able to watch that as a, as a kid growing up, like I'd be driving to, you know, my football games or, or, or basketball practice, whatever it may be. And he'd be on the phone, making calls, doing business. Like I was always immersed in that environment. I think that is you know, the best way to learn or actively pick something up that you're passionate about just being around it so much. I, I'd say that's one of the you know biggest reasons that made me want to take the jump out of school because a lot of my friends were going to get jobs right out of school, you know, working for big companies. And I knew deep down that I wanted to do this and at least take a chance, right? And, you know, you're young, take your opportunity. But when it comes to owner's box and where I got my inspiration for that, um, you know, there's a lot of um, inspirations there as well. My sports career, um, being around this environment, you know, I'm a, I'm an avid fantasy sports player for decades, almost now it feels like. Um, so inspirations along those lines, I knew my entrepreneurial spirit and my background there. And then obviously my passion for sports, it was a perfect blend. Um, you know, when this idea came up and I was ready to make the move. And kind of going off of that and what made you start owner's box, you and your two partners, you guys have built up owner's box from the ground up. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to start the company and what you're hoping to accomplish with it? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good question. Probably one of my favorites that you sent through, but I, you know, with big companies in our space and you've seen over the last three, four or five years with the, the fantasy sports industry, the betting industry now being so trendy, um, it's a space that people are flocking to and obviously getting a lot of PR these days with all the sports books rolling out the legalization side of things. Obviously what owner's box does is more fantasy sports, but 
you know, I was inspired to build a community of sports fans. That's really why, you know, I, I do a ton of content, run the content team at owner's box and also do a lot of product stuff as well with our product team. But, you know, I want to create a sticky product that people could come and just enjoy the game more, right? Come chat with each other, come compete with each other. That's kind of the environment owner's box was going to create kind of differentiate themselves because the DraftKings, the fan duels of the world who are spending 300 plus million a quarter, um, mm-hmm. in, you know, in some, in some quarters, like it's, it's insane to compete with. So the way we saw owner's box and the inspiration we had there was to build a community through content, um, and also build a community on our platform. So people, you know, see our content on TikTok, YouTube, like all these platforms where we're growing really well right now. Um, and we're able to leverage those, those eyeballs and those fans onto our platform as well. So it's a real mm-hmm. two-pronged approach. Like my passion was always sports content. I've been digesting it for years and years, like fantasy football content, just general sports betting content. Like we do a lot of different styles of content in our box. And that was always because I was just immersed in that my whole life. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, from day one, we've had that positioning where we want to build this community of just positive, like-minded people who love sports and want to compete, um, you know, with each other on a big scale. So that's, that's the real inspiration behind it. Yeah. And I think that piece of community is so vital because you never know when there's going to be a new kind of app that changes the game. Like, you know, five, 10 years ago, or probably just five years ago, TikTok didn't exist. And if you have that community from Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, when there's a new app out, that community is going to follow you. When the algorithm changes up, like on Instagram, Instagram really likes reels right now. So when, when the algorithm changes up, your community is going to follow you. You were talking about earlier that growing up, your father and your grandfather were entrepreneurs. And when you were in college, you thought that coming out of college, you saw a lot of your friends, a lot of your classmates, your, your teammates, you know, take jobs, whether it be at, at big corporations or whatever they did. But you, you took the opportunity to really start your own business. In addition to just the family influence, what made you want to start your own company? Did you envision starting your own company after you graduated or is it something that just naturally played out? Yeah, this is a, this is another great question. I, I like telling this story because I, as I said, was immersed in that environment, but just because you're immersed in that environment doesn't mean that's going to be the path you choose. So actually while I was at school, I started a podcast in my second year um, with a good friend of mine from NYU, funny enough, went to school with you. Um, and he and I were both like-minded people. We love sports. We loved, you know, starting making content. We wanted to start a podcast and we interviewed, we took an angle on our podcast was how do we give, you know, students in college, you know, entrepreneurial stories and inspiration to kind of take that jump from university and then go right out and start their own business or join a startup, like a smaller, basically company. And Mm -hmm. we interviewed a ton of startup, younger startup guys. And one of the interviews that really inspired me was Josh Hart's stepbrother. His name's Matt Hillman. He has a uh, marketing agency out in LA, um, does a lot of sports brand marketing, a lot of esports uh, brand stuff. He's a really good investor as well. He was one of the first investors in NBA Top Shot when they launched uh, the NBA NFT um, community. Obviously, a lot of you guys know, but um, mm-hmm. he was really inspirational to me. He's like, hey, man, like I went to school and, you know, I, I just had this passion, burning passion inside me that I wanted to create things. And obviously, he never did he did all these different things. And it's like, holy crap, I couldn't even imagine like just doing one thing, but he, that kind of inspired me because in my day to day, like at least looking back now, I'm never just doing one thing. I get to create things across the board on the product side. I get to create things across the board on the content side. And that's kind of what Pat like fuels me. I'm not 
push for anyone. I got to push myself and I obviously got to be creative. And that's kind of the person I am. I like to think outside the box and, you know, come up with my own ideas and run with them. You know, not everything is going to work in life. You know that, right? And content wise, mm -hmm. you know, the amount of content we test and doesn't work, I could tell you stories for days, but um, that's kind of the fun of it, right? You get to create your own journey and, you know, really work hard and, you know, put your effort behind something you really believe in. So I'd say that's biggest, you know, my biggest inspiration. Yeah, I love that. You were just talking a little bit about your day to day and how across different departments, you kind of have your your hand in a bunch of different areas of, of the business. Um, as the as the fantasy sports space continues to evolve, what are some of the most challenging and most rewarding parts of having your own company? Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, one of the hardest things right now, right, is the ever-changing market in the legal landscape, you know, being in tune with the trends of the space. You know, some products, you could roll out a product one day and then, you know, go through the legal process and get denied because your product's not compliant. So there's like a lot of legal side of this stuff too, which is interesting is that's always evolving and changing, especially with the sportsbook legalization going on in the U.S. right now. Um, mm -hmm. They just actually launched in Ontario at the beginning of April as well, which is where Toronto is one of the biggest provinces um, and stuff's changing every day, man. I'm telling you, like the rules and regulations are getting updated. People are kind of following other states in the U.S. and kind of trying to be like them. There's taxes involved. So there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that makes this business really challenging, this space really challenging. But if done properly, you know, the reward is quite heavy, obviously. And, you know, building that, you know, the correct product out, always being in tune with what's happening. Like we rolled out a product in 2021. And since then it's evolved into a shorter term, more impulsive product. Cause we looked at the market. We've talked to users. Like I enjoy talking to users because they tell us what they want. And that's the biggest inspiration for a lot of the products we roll out is the space was changing from more of a season long play with your friends, draft at the beginning of the year, compete all season. And then now it's more impulse. Like with the sports book uprise, they want fantasy sports products that are, are short-term, impulsy, and engaging. So a fan can go on five minutes before a game, you know, get in, get in on a contest right away. And then at the end of the night or at the end of the game, that contest is over. So it's the more short-term landscape of fantasy sports. That transition has happened over the last, you know, decade pretty much. And from the last, even from the last year to now, there's been so many cool things happening in this space and companies like ours, we've adjusted and we've kind of focused on rolling out more core short-term products. And that's what we're really excited on this year is we have two new products rolling out for NFL, um, which is the biggest time for acquisition in our market uh, football season. There's nothing like it. Um, so we're, we're quite fired up and busy right now, but lots of exciting stuff in the pipeline. Sounds great. And we're definitely excited to hear more about whatever you're able to share with us near the end of the interview. As we wrap up this next question, I, I kind of think about it like twofold. What's one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self, but then also what's one piece of advice you give to someone who's watching this and they might want to work in sports or tech or maybe both. One piece of advice I'd give to myself is not to get discouraged by the answer. No. If I told you how much, how many times I got told no, like from fundraising, from partnerships, there's a lot, like, especially in the early stages when owner's box was just even an idea on paper, basically. Like I got told no so many times I could literally write an essay about it. Like it was just so, it was hard for me as a 22 year old kid, like just starting a business. Like I wasn't I was, I was prepared for it, but I never had experienced it firsthand. I'd say, don't be afraid, keep going. Like challenges are going to arise in the business. Like it's to this day, there's challenges and you got to overcome them. Right. And I think not being afraid to take a chance and keep reaching out, keep going after what you want. I think that's the biggest thing, um, you know, at early on that I, I a little bit struggled with was just, you know, being told no from people who have seen, you know, companies like ours and, you know, are moving on or doing something else or not ready to invest or, you know, mm -hmm. be a partner with us at the time. So just keep going, man. That's what I would say. And who are some of your biggest inspirations?
Oh, biggest inspirations. Um, obviously my father and, you know, my parents, they're great inspirations for me and supportive as well. I think that's a big thing and a big part of it. Um, mm. people don't realize the stuff that goes on beyond behind, behind the scenes. So there's a lot, um, of that, that goes into it. Um, and then my advisors, I, I mentioned at the top of the call, when we were just chatting, um, some of my senior, you know, one of our expert advisors, um, spent a lot of times at DraftKings and that's obviously a blue chip company in our space. So being able to be surrounded by him specifically and spend a lot of time with him over the last six months, learning the, learning the ropes, man, like that's the priceless stuff is that's another piece of advice I'd give it to anyone. Like you asked, you know, around our age or looking to make a jump and get in the sports industry, connect with someone who's been doing it, man. That's what I've been yeah. like. That's what I first started doing. And like some people won't work out or you might not, you know, secure them you know, to work with you or help you out. But mm -hmm. most of the time, these people are, you know, they're in this space, at least they're very willing to help. And you get a lot of great insights from them. And maybe even one day they come advise you in your company. And that actually was what happened to me. And we were, I'm lucky enough to talk to the guy every day. And I've learned just so much from him, from him in the last six months, uh, more than I ever could imagine. So that's definitely, a, he's definitely a big inspiration for me as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Definitely never burn a bridge. You never know when someone might down the road need something from you, or you might need something from them. And learn, learning from people who have been in the industry and that goes back to your advice about don't be afraid when you hear no, you know, you might reach out to 10 people in the industry, like eight of them might say no, one doesn't get back to you. But the one that does and he's willing to talk to you, he could become a mentor to you. Um, That's a great hit rate. 10%. Give it to me all day. I'm taking that. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. And as much as you can tell us, I know you said you got some new products in the work. I know there's, I'm sure plenty of stuff that's under the table, not rolled out yet, but as much as you can tell us what's next for you. What's next for us? So yeah, as I said, um, big year for us, big product launch, two big ones rolling out this year. As I said, a lot of the short-term um, products we're focused on right now. Um, I'll give you a little teaser. We have a fantasy slots game coming out. So think of like a slot machine for fantasy sports. Uh, that's, a, that's the most I can say about it, but it's definitely one of our, the most excited we've been for a product since we started three years ago. And, you know, we've gotten lots of good feedback. We have a couple industry partners that we work with um, who have been testing the product for months, um, you know, just beta testing and making sure there's no loopholes in the algorithms and making sure the, uh, all the engagement features are there. So as I said, creating social community around that game is going to be huge for us this year. And we're really excited about it. Awesome. Everyone make sure to check that out. Sandy at this time, we just want to say thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Does anything else you'd like to add? The floor is yours. Um, any shout outs where people can find you and follow along on your journey? Yeah, I appreciate the time, Brendan. Obviously a pleasure. But if you're looking to check us out, head to ownersbox.com. You can get our website there. We got a Discord channel, YouTube. Everything's at ownersbox. Um, if you're looking to check out some of our content as well. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Love being on this podcast. I've you know actually had the pleasure to watch a few before that you sent me. And I think this is awesome, man. I think you're really inspiring people and giving some some people, the extra knowledge of different industries and different people in business. So definitely appreciate the invite on. Awesome. Yeah. Anytime. And uh, we'll stay in touch with you and we really look forward to the new products and all the, all that's to come with owner's box. Appreciate it, bro.